Welcome to episode 85 of the Ask Achieve show where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business. We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today we'll be discussing how to address your posture, Pilates, and imprinting your lower back, and guidance with strength programming. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show. Right. Well, we're still here. <laughs> <laughs> no, baby. If you've been following along, the pregnancy is is continuing, and it's been really funny because I've just been like, every time we leave the gym, people are like, you know, hope we don't see you, like probably <laughs> won't see you, and so I assume every time I'm leaving somewhere that I won't see that person yeah. again or whatever, and then the next day we're just we'll continue back. Continue <laughs> to see them over and over. <laughs> yeah. So I'm now five days overdue. Are you 40 weeks now? 40, right, so oh, 40, 40 plus, plus 5. 40 plus 5, okay. Yeah. yeah. So at 41 weeks, I'll have another appointment if I make it that far. People keep, uh, I think, like, like cordially asking me like how I'm doing. I'm like, I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's nice that they're asking, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel totally fine. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, on the other hand, uh, maybe maybe not as much. Yeah, I mean, overall, I feel fine. Yeah, and but you're you're uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable, and... and mostly it's just really hard, like knowing that at any moment this crazy thing could it happen. Is, it is pretty weird. Like it's just, just so like, weird. It's a major life event that could happen at any time, and we generally like to, you know, be in control of these things <laughs> and like to think that we're in control of a lot of these different factors. But this is just totally out of our like totally out of our control and yeah. we're just kind of like waiting it out and see what happens and it's like it's funny because we both have like generally like an idea of like what time it's gonna happen and like <laughs> what like what like the whole thing but it could just be flipped on its head like we yeah. could be ready to go to bed and it could happen at one in the morning and like it just would be totally different so we just have no idea what's about to happen just have no idea <laughs> and that's what all the all of my mom friends are like welcome to parenthood that's what you're about to have for the rest of your life is no control over anything so <laughs> it's fine but yeah so it's been a it's been a little bit of an uncomfortable week but overall everything everybody's still healthy and that's what matters so exactly the baby my mom said to me the baby will come out eventually <laughs> and I was like well I guess that's the truest statement I've true. heard all week. <laughs> like I can't stay in there forever so that's that's true and yeah. I was eight days late so she was kind of like you know you it's deserve payback. this it's yeah <laughs> you were eight days late actually I don't yeah. know if I knew that yeah yeah so yeah that was kind of mean I'm sorry mom <laughs> if I could go back I would all right should we get into the show let's get into it okay so the first question is how to address your posture this one was a comment on one of our um Instagram posts it's from m rogers yj um they said can you do a series on addressing inward shoulder rotation not sure of the right terminology but essentially my arms and shoulders are always a bit rotated toward the center of my body and I'm not sure what stretches slash slash strength work I should be doing to correct it yeah, so you know, number one, what I would say is I wouldn't worry too much about if your thumbs happen to point a little bit inwards. That's totally thumbs. thumbs yeah, is that what she said? Shoulders. Well, thumbs and shoulders. What'd she say? Thumbs. <laughs> you know, I guess I'm I'm about to talk about my next post, uh, my next comment where um, <laughs> the Lord's like, what thumbs? <laughs> I don't know like, your thumbs can turn in many different directions. You know, what, what, uh, what this person has probably seen are those like images where like ideally you should be perfectly neutral and if you're like holding a 
like holding pencils or if you have your thumb sticking straight out in front of you, like that's what they should be like. They should be sticking straight out in front of you. <laughs> but if you're totally relaxed and they happen to point inwards, then you need to work on your posture and you need to work on uh, incorporating some corrective exercises to help alleviate that. I see. Have you seen those? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know what you're talking about now, but. <laughs> this has been really funny if you're like, what, what, what is happening? Um, but you see those like, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely at a point where if I'm just totally relaxed, like I'm going to be more internally rotated. Um, and you are I too, and too, you've actually. got like yeah. very good posture. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. That's a pretty like very general blanket statement to make that like you should be perfectly neutral in that position. But now if you are, let's say you just, you just want to work on it for whatever reason, you want to make sure that you start off not necessarily at the shoulders, but actually starting off with your T-spine, your thoracic spine, which is your upper back. And this is why we like to post a lot and pretty often about um, what mobility drills that you can use to um, uh, get better extensibility in your upper back. Because if your upper back is in a flexed over position and you can't really get out of it, then it needs to be addressed and you need to incorporate some, some upper back mobility drills. Um, we have a whole YouTube tutorial on what is it called the complete guide to T-spine mobility. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Um, in our YouTube channel and Lauren just outlines um, about four to five different drills that you can use for your thoracic spine that you can um, utilize really right away without any equipment whatsoever. Um, so you should definitely check that out. Um, and then afterwards, what we like to do is use a combination of um, stretching for the upper body in terms of stretching for the pecs, as well as doing compound exercises that strengthen the upper to mid back. And we like to use a lot of exercises like rowing movements, um, where we do three point rows or single arm bench supported rows, um, TRX rows, anything that we can basically use to get the shoulders down and back into a quote unquote good posture position. Um, and we like to uh, load those up pretty heavy. Like we go to anywhere from five to eight repetitions or so, and we load those up pretty heavy. And then we like to combine those later on in the workouts with accessory based movements that are eight to even 15 repetitions of slightly uh, less intense exercises, but still important to work on upper back strength. So things like reverse flies, TRX reverse flies, um, let's see, um, like rotator cuff work, like uh, sideline external rotations with a dumbbell or with a band or a cable machine, um, band Ws, band pull-aparts, um, any of these sorts of like lower intensity drills, we like to throw in just a lot of high rep movements with. Um, and then we like to just finish off workouts with like, like laying on a, uh, on a foam roller that's set up vertically and you just rest down so that your head is supported and your butt supported and you just kind of like wring your arms off to the side and you just let your arms stretch out by their side and that helps to open up the chest. Um, but that's kind of like our general approach. We go from T-spine to upper back, upper and mid back strength, upper and mid back accessory strength in conjunction with some upper body stretching exercises. Yeah. Um, and then one thing that you want to just think about when you're thinking about posture in general is that I think there was a time where everybody got so addicted to like getting into this perfect posture that they stopped going through ranges of motion that didn't feel perfect, mm, like true. especially yeah. rounding your yeah. upper back and actually letting, so this is something that happened to me is mm -hmm. I was, as a gymnast, I was very upright all the time. And I actually started to get some like pretty bad knots in my upper back because I was actually not accessing enough flexion. I wasn't rounding over enough. Yeah. Um, so you want to also just think about posture. I think I forget where if this is a quote that you got or if you were just saying this but like the the only bad posture is 
is like a stiff posture, right? Yeah. Is like one that you stay in forever. Exactly. And so we want to access lots of different ranges of motion and there's no good or bad way of doing that like mm -hmm. in terms of where you're where you're going with your t-spine yeah if anyone saw me like working at my desk they'd be like oh man that guy has horrible posture <laughs> and i'm just like really slunched over like in front of my like computer and i've like done all the like the usual like set an alarm and like and every 10 minutes it should let you know that sit straight up but i just like i like fight just feel myself letting gravity win and instantly caving over However, once I stand up, I can just easily get out of that posture. And that's the most important thing, right. being able to access different ranges of motion and being able to get out of the posture. However, if you're someone who is sedentary and has basically not gone out of a hunched over posture, and it's, it's difficult for you to basically even get to a, a straight or even extended T-spine um, posture, you know, then that's more of a, more of what we're talking about, more of an issue. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to say is that like, don't get too worried if you feel like you sit a little bit slouched or if mm -hmm. you tend to stand a little bit slouched. If you don't have any pain or discomfort because of your, your general standing posture yeah. and you're able to get into different positions and you're able to move freely, don't worry so much about what you're, you're like, Resting alignment. Resting alignment, it looks like. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and so, yeah, basically, just make sure you move often and uh, do your best to incorporate some of the stuff that I talked about earlier. And, um, yeah, you should be totally fine. No need to nitpick yourself on that your thumbs are pointing inwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. And, yeah, definitely a combination of the stretching and the strengthening. is. Uh, it's great that she asked that, too. Yeah. Not just stretches or not just strengthening, but kind of combining both. So. Yeah, because I think people get into a, a trap where like they're like, oh, my pecs are tight, so I'm just going to spend time stretching them. But it's neglecting stuff that's happening on the other side where it's allowing you to be in that position. So you need to address things from both sides. Right. All right, let's move on to question number two. This one is from Happy Body Studio. And they said, absolutely love your videos. They're my go-to for everything. Quick question on this. Um, this was a video, what was this a video of? Um, this was, uh, I think it was actually addressing anterior pelvic tilt. So oh, yes, So we had that's some right. marching exercises. Okay, so this is a comment on a post on Instagram about anterior pelvic tilt. They said, for this exercise, lying on your back by imprinting your lower back that is promoting your pelvis to tilt back into a posterior tilt. Performing in a neutral pelvis would be more advantageous, right? Just curious as I would teach these in a neutral spine and only instruct an imprint if the client has a back issue. Love to know your thoughts. Uh, this, is a, this is a really good question. And yeah. so what we, um, I'm assuming that the person, uh, Happy Body Studio is a Pilates studio because they use the term imprints, right? And imprint basically means that they want their clients to imprint their lower back towards the floor, meaning flatten it uh, totally out completely. Yeah. Um, you know, basically what we'd ideally like to see for most people is have them get their rib cage depressed down. And when they depress their rib cage down, we want to see what their alignment is and we want them to maintain that alignment throughout the majority of that motion, the, the, the marching motion or whatever dead bug motion that we might have them do. Um, I would say for 85 to 90% of people, that's actually going to be generally flat on their flat to the floor. Yeah. Would you say that? Yeah. Um, for about 10% of the population, they're going to be generally a little bit more lordotic, which means they're going to be a little bit more naturally extended through their lower back. And if that's the case, that's totally fine. We just want them to be able to maintain that position 
as they go through that marching movement. Yeah, and so the drill that we were teaching was um, we had like a band under the lower back and have and we have them press their arms up toward the ceiling so that the band actually pulls you into this arch position and then we cue to push against the band and kind of flatten your back down. Mm -hmm. What we're not cueing is to tilt your hips under to do that. Instead, we're just thinking about pressing into the band, just re resisting the feedback of the band. Yes. Um, and however they do that is what is basically what they're doing is they're getting the ribs down. Yeah, they're getting the ribs down and there might be some slight posterior pelvic tilting of the pelvis, but it's not a true posterior pelvic tilt where it's like an it's actual positioning. Yeah. yeah. So we don't want them to lift up their hips and like tuck their butts under. We just want them to be in whatever hook line position that they can and then depress their rib cage down and that's their position for the uh, duration of that movement. Yeah. And the other thing is that because um, what she said was the only time that they would, um, or what they said was the only time that they would have somebody imprint, quote unquote, their back into the floor is if they have back issues. Mm -hmm. um, and it's sort of a lot of the times the reason that we're addressing something like this is because somebody has either experienced lower back pain before mm -hmm. or has is starting to have some like discomfort in their lower back. And we're noticing that they're in this sort of excessive tilted, anterior tilted position. Yeah. And so I think that She's agreeing with that in terms of if somebody has some lower back pain, this is what we would do. She's mm -hmm. just asking, like, is this a is this really for the whole population? For right. Everyone? Yeah. 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 I would say that. I would say that uh, for the vast majority of the people, they're going to get their lower back on the floor, but we don't necessarily cue imprinting. Right. right? And if they can't do it, we're not going to like try to get them to, or if it doesn't happen naturally, we're not going to have them force the position. Yeah. Um, but we are going to just continue to say, keep pushing into the band or keep pressing your ribs down, especially if they are somebody who presents with a little bit of lower back discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. And then also the, the band also helps to preserve, um, a slight, a slight extended position as well. So. Right. Because it doesn't let you actually go completely flat. Yeah. It's under your back. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good question. All right. Oh, and it's also, I mean, that's also good to, to note for people that are, um, that happen to be more lordotic, you don't have to force yourself to get into a lower back flat position, nor do you have to like lift up your butt and try to tilt your pelvis in order to get yourself there. If you happen to have a slightly more of an arch position, um, that's totally cool. Yeah. yeah, and another thing is just kind of like with a dead bug or with a wall marching, like sometimes people just don't feel their abs. A lot of people say they feel their lower back when they're doing True, that. Yeah. And if you, so if you feel your lower back, if you're doing a dead bug and you feel your lower back, you're probably still flaring your rib cage and you're probably mm -hmm. still a little bit too arched. Yes. So even if you don't want to fully flatten out your back, get to a point where when you are performing the movement, you're not feeling your back contributing to the movement. You're feeling it coming from your abs. Yes. Um, yeah. Or that that's what's stabilizing you, not your lower back. Yeah. If you're trying to stay too neutral, I feel like this could be like the other side of the spectrum is people being like, oh, I don't want to lose my natural arch. But then trying to stay too neutral or too naturally arched yeah. might actually make you use your back too much in this particular exercise. True. Yeah. Yeah. We so. definitely see that, see that a lot. And in which case we'll just recheck like can they actually get to neutral or are they just kind of like hanging off a little bit of extension so we we, we will re revisit it and then also if they're marching or performing dead bug movements we just won't have them reach their leg out quite as far because that just lengthens the lever too much on their core at that time and we'll just have them take a step back a little bit have them reach a little bit less far and make sure that they're actually getting a little bit better connected with their rib cage towards their pelvis yeah Cool. Cool. All right. And then last one comes from O'Reilly Fitness. 
And I said, hey guys, I'm interested in starting in a start in a wow, in starting a strength program, but I was needing your help. I saw your story on the 14 week program and that sparked my interest. For my first week, I've started at 60% of my max and the four lifts I'm including are shoulder overhead press, back squat, bench press, and deadlift. And each week I've been adding five pounds to the, pre- to the press and bench and, my, and 10 pounds to the squat and deadlift. My working sets are three by five, but I saw your first five weeks are five by five. Yes. Um, yeah. So I thought this was a, a good question to kind of follow up um, what we posted. Um, someone basically asked us, um, they, they tagged us in a post on their deadlifts and they asked for some feedback and generally how to get from their current uh, 1RM, which was I think 165 and how to get it up to 195. And I thought it was a good opportunity to post a sample program and then also talk about why it's so important to take a few steps back in order to take multiple steps forward if you want to create an optimal strength program for yourself. Because I think a trap that a lot of beginners get into is saying that, okay, my 1RM is 165 and in order to continuously bring it up, I need to consistently be at 165 or even higher and just keep trying to push that um, marker up as much as possible, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I used to do for a long time too. Because it's like, you definitely you want to always feel like you're making progress. Right, And sometimes totally. the only marker of that that you can see is the weight on the bar. So you're like, well, if I did 165 last week and I do 165 again, like I haven't made any progress. Yeah, yeah. So it's really hard to get out of that mindset. Totally. Um, especially there's so many mantras like PR every day and like <laughs> be, be a little bit better than the day before. Right. Um, so, and so let's say, let's say, you know, if, if this was like someone like, like, you previously, you might have done 165 for five reps, and that was like your new established 1RM. The next week, you might have done 165 for six reps, or one more set, or something like that. Yeah. Or you might have gone to 170. Um, and eventually, you'll get to a point where you're just your form starts to break down, right. and you would either get hurt or you would obviously plateau because it's just you just can't push that hard that frequently Forever. all the time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Otherwise, we'd just all be lifting a thousand pounds because we <laughs> just keep pushing that way. Um, but we need to get a little bit of a step back. And so what I wrote for this person was, because your new one arm is, is 165, I'm gonna start you off at about 125. I think I established that her one RM was around 180-ish based on the lift she was doing. I think she was doing 165, four or five reps. And I actually took about 65 to 70% of that estimated 1RM and started off at like 125. And the program that I wrote out was five by five for five weeks, where each week she increases by about five pounds. And then I moved on to three by five for three weeks, still increasing about five pounds, and then went to three by three for three weeks, again, still increasing five pounds, two by two for two weeks, increasing by five pounds, and then finally at the 14th week, testing her 1RM. Um, and going off that progression, more than likely would have gotten to her to about 195 to probably even more. Um, but the big thing is you need to spend a lot of time in the 70 to 85% range in with whatever program that you choose if you wanna develop the uh, first of all, just refining your technique and grooving your uh, grooving your technique in order to lift better technically, and then it also prepares your joints, your muscles for higher intensities that you're going to be going through later on in your cycle, 
And then not only that, it helps to build lean muscle mass, which is obviously going to help out with your um, you know, strength seeking uh, cycle. And so you need to spend a lot of time in the earlier phases to develop that capacity. You just wanna build your base as broad as possible before you try to strive for a peak, a PR or a one RM. And so that's what I wanted to illustrate with our Instagram stories and we just built out this 14 week cycle. And so um, this is why um, this person was reaching out about, hey, I noticed that you said five by five, um, but I'm doing three by three. Is there any like major thing that I should be concerned about? And really there isn't, um, I'd, be, I'd, be, um, I'd be interested in, to see like what this person was doing prior because all we really want to see with your programming is you want to try to strive to add a little bit more volume than you did the previous cycle. So if this guy O'Reilly Fitness didn't do anything really prior and this is one of his first actual strength programs, then I actually tell him to start at three by five and work his way down to progression. And then after he establishes a 1RM, starting over with a new cycle, but now starting at five by five, because that naturally increases training volume and it increases the amount of repetitions and everything that I just talked about earlier. Um, if this was someone that has been doing this sort of three by five for quite a while, I would say, hey, let's skip the three by five since you've been doing that and you, your body is probably adapted to that. But now let's go to five by five because that, again, that introduces more training volume, more opportunities for him to build, develop lean muscle mass and more opportunities for him to um, develop technique and form. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, something with these kind of linear progressions is, so the first time you ever go through something like this, you're going to shock yourself at how much you oh, progress, yes. yeah. right? Like the, I mean, we have our members go through this very similar phase. Well, exactly. <laughs> this yeah. this uh, program pretty much. Um, once they've been with us for about like eight to nine to 10 months, depending mm -hmm. on um, where they're at and depending on what their goals are, we'll ask them if they want to try to max out. And it, most of them do because they're like, oh, that's cool. I've never done that before. And so we start them with very conservative weights, like what we think we estimate would be about 60% of their max, but we don't know their max yet because yeah. they haven't maxed out before. So we make it conservative. Um, and they spend a lot of time at pretty light weights. I mean, the craziest uh, person recently was Kristen. Yeah, we had definitely. this member who I think she ended her squat cycle, like after going through that whole 14 weeks that Jason just laid out, I think she ended it at like 105. Yeah, she did. She yeah, ended at 105 yeah. for, for two sets of two was like the heaviest that she got with this training. And when she went to max out, she got 205. She got made a hundred pound <laughs> jump, yeah. which is outrageous. Like it's crazy. And that's like, that's an anomaly. Most yeah. people, but most people are making like 20, 30, 40 pound jumps. Yeah, easy. Um, yeah. Easy from this progression. And they shock themselves because they're like, I've never put that much, not even close to that much weight on my back, or I've totally. never deadlifted even close to that much weight. But because they spent so much time on technique, on really making sure they had their form down, on really just getting a lot of repetitions in, and their body, like, there's no such thing as quote-unquote muscle memory, but like, yeah. their body starts to just naturally do these movements, so they're mm -hmm. not having to overthink anything. Um, it's, it's really incredible how much you can actually jump. Yeah. Now... Once they've done that, they have an, now a new established max. So now Kristen's max is 205. When yeah. we go to write her a new phase, we have to take 60% of that, which is way higher than the w weights that she was working at right. before. And she's not going to see that same kind of jump from the end of her phase to her max out. She might see a 5, 10 pound jump, yeah. um, but it's not going to be nearly as... Um, aggressive as this first one was. Totally, yeah. It's, it's really important to just temper your expectations after that yeah. second, uh, after that first max out. And it's something that we 
really make sure that we talk about um, with our members after that first max cycle. It's like, oh man, I'm going to increase 100 pounds every single time. <laughs> yeah. um, but as you get more and more advanced, yeah, those gains come come at very, um, it becomes much more difficult. And you see like elite lifters, I mean, they spent a year, two years to gain like five pounds on their bench press. Like yeah. it becomes very tough to continue to, um, you know, yeah, just, just get those gains basically. And so, yeah, it's, it's good to have those expectations. Just a, a quick like mindset expectation uh, thing to set for yourself um, just yeah. so that you're not disappointed when it doesn't go the same way that it's gone in the past. Totally. Um, because going from a beginner lifter to an intermediate slash advanced lifter, things just get, they get very different. Different ball game. Yeah. yeah. And actually the other thing to note is like, you know, we talk about maxing out in one RM, so you don't have to go for a max out or a one RM. And you know, for some people, especially with our members, like where the risk doesn't outweigh the benefit, like we don't even max them out and yeah. we just kind of go off of like what we think would generally be a technical max for them and then we just move on to the next cycle but we never touch that sort of 95 percent and on because it's just not worth it whether it's an age factor or an injury history factor or um just they're just not like their limbs aren't suited for the exercise like if someone's super tall we might not go to do a back squat below parallel because like that's just like they're given mobility restrictions and all that um and so, yeah, you don't have to force yourself to do a 1RM test yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, we only do it for fun for people or yeah. if people are training for a meet. Like we have a lot yeah, of people exactly. who do powerlifting meets. Obviously, a powerlifting meet is literally just testing out your max. Yeah. Um, but people just like to do it for fun, but it's definitely something we always present as an option, not a, okay, now we're maxing out, this is what you're doing. Because yeah. for some people, they, one, they just don't really care that much. Two, it's, yeah, like Jason said, the risk doesn't really outweigh the reward. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. It's... Yeah. And actually, you know, another point to go off of this is for when people are looking for strength gains and they, let's say, establish a 1RM, um, sometimes they can get frustrated if they can't maintain that 1RM, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you really need to think about it as this is a thing that you're actually trying to peak for. And so you can't expect to hold on to it um, forever throughout every single part of your training period. You need to then give your body some time to relax and recover. You might lose some of that capability, but then over time, from the, throughout the next peak that you go through, hopefully you either match it or get better from it. Um, but it would be very like be very similar to someone training for a marathon and peaking for the marathon and going at a really great pace and then expecting to keep that day in and day out. Like they would understand that they need their body to recover and then go um, go build that peak back up again. But for strength, I think because it's such less of like a long endeavor, <laughs> um, people don't aren't as forgiving on themselves. Yeah, right? I and mean, we have these um, overachiever boards. We were just talking to somebody yeah, about this. Yeah. We have these boards that are um, on, on at the gym, and it's just like these different benchmarks for strength that we have like a level one, a level two goal, and you can just try to have that one of those things be your goal. So for instance, one of them is a Turkish getup. Level one is with the 24 kilogram kettlebell and level two is with the 40. And so we have a lot of people who have done that in the past. And um, about a year ago, we moved where the boards were and we erased <laughs> yeah. them and wanted to just like start them over. But we were like, anybody whose name was already up there, just write your name back up when we once we move them. So we moved them and we have so many people who refuse to write their name up because they can't do it anymore. Yeah. And we were like, no, but... 
that's not the point. The point is that you trained for it, you worked hard, and you did it. And yeah. that's what we're celebrating. We're not celebrating that you can do it forever yeah. because that's not realistic. Um, so it is, it's hard to get out of that mindset of like, totally. well, if I can't do it now, like, why should I even be proud of myself for being able to do it before? Yeah, it's, and it's just really not fair for yourself to yeah. just wipe away a personal accomplishment, a personal best that you did. Because, I mean, that's you did it. You actually accomplished the thing. And it's yeah. like, people don't take away, people don't wipe out records. Like, when Serena Williams retires, like, they're not going to be like, oh, okay, she can't do it anymore, so she no longer has any Grand Slam titles, right? <laughs> like, or Michael yeah. Jordan, same thing. Like, you've accomplished it, and you want to make sure that you keep it, and this is what you did. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, a little bit of programming, a little bit of mindset there. Yeah. <laughs> we, we covered it all. All right, and I believe that's all of the answers that we have to your burning questions for today. So thank you so much for asking those questions. If you have a question of your own, you can message us at Achieve Fitness Boston on Instagram. If you like this podcast and you wouldn't mind leaving us a review, that would be super, super helpful on iTunes. And until next time, peace, love, and, and muscles. muscles. And babies. <laughs>